0: Good morning, Best Eye. Welcome back to the new edition. And I'm sure you are so familiar you've been in the shop and with the face that's next to me. I'm really excited to have her today. On this end of the camera, <laughs> Naila. Thank hey. you for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, so, Naila Sims. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and. She's been with us, I want to say you've basically been moonlighting with, with Brooklyn T.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like, I feel so fortunate, by the way, just to, to be a witness of Brooklyn T's journey. Um, the day that I learned about you guys, I was just walking down the street in my own neighborhood, Best Eye, and um, was like, what what is this? And, you know, I could tell that it felt around me I realized it's a grand opening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had been coming back as a regular customer whenever I could, especially when I had um, a little bit of extra work to do on the weekends. Um, And then, you know, eventually when I needed um, a bit of a a break between career jobs to focus on a personal project, um, you guys welcomed me into the family and I was able to work here for a little bit. And, you know, boom, it's one year anniversary. And I'm just so proud of you guys and so happy and grateful
0: to be part of the family. Mm-hmm. So, I really wanted to share about what you shared with us uh, as a part of working here at the shop, and you know, Naila always has these ways and I like, just talk about all the things that are going on in her life, and then she tells us, oh yeah, I'm a film producer. <laughs> I'm just like, huh? You're a what? And so tell us about, um, how you got
1: started there, um, and what's going on? Yeah, so I consider myself a nonfiction television and film producer. Um, I've worked in the nonfiction industry for about eleven years. Um, I did about four years in talk show, including the Oprah Winfrey Show and Anderson Cooper's talk show, just light work, you know. Nothing. i I've been fortunate to work on a lot of high profile uh, projects over the years, um, and the past. Five or six years I've been freelancing on long form projects, and that um, is mostly for cable, um, cable uh, networks like the History Channel, Discovery Channel, um, AMC, um, AE, and I've, I've also um, worked on HBO film. Um, and most recently, uh, right before um, actually spending some t- more time with Brooklyn Tea and working in Brooklyn Tea, I had just wrapped up my time on um, a documentary series about Malcolm X. Um, I was one of the producers. Um, The series is called Who Killed Malcolm X? And it's going to be airing on Netflix, February 7th. Um, My team and I um, spent almost two years working on it. So it's a very long journey. Almost two years. And we're really, really excited to bring it to the masses. We're really passionate about it. um, the core team um, was consisted of two directors and two producers. Um, so the two directors were, were Phil Bertelson and Rachel Trenton, both Emmy and Peabody Award-winning directors. Um, and my fellow producer, Shayla Harris, who has an amazing career in her own right. And um, you know, all four of us have been steeped in this really important story for a while. And I, I, I really hope that it um, sparks. Discussion it sparks people really thinking about why the life and death of Malcolm X matters
0: today. So, if we can go back, how did you find this story, and this story come to find you, and what made you want to produce it?
1: So, um, a lot of times in this industry, um, the major networks and broadcasters um, either commission um, production companies to do um, certain projects or production companies are pitching networks. And Arc Media, um, which is a documentary company actually based in Brooklyn, um, has been in the business for about 20 years. And before I came on, they pitched this project um, around the 50th anniversary of Malcolm X's assassination. And it was soon after um, the late Manning Maribel came out with his biography, um, and yeah, they, they pitched it, and luckily the, the first broadcaster came on, which was Fusion, and eventually they found a partner with Netflix, and when I came on, um, that was the time to, to make it, the time to, um, really map out and develop the story and do the research before filming and um, yeah, it was a two year process of, of all of it. Never before has there been um, such an in-depth treatment on this story, um, the focus on his assassination um, I think really brings um, nuance to the story and the conversation. Um, of course you can't look at his death without exploring the life. Um, but I think my team really, you know, took the time to, you know, go to the libraries, go to the archives, you know, dust off the books from the shelves and, and, and follow, you know, really map out the information that's available from what happened um, on that tragic day when he um, was assassinated. There is available information to the, to the public,
0: but I don't think a lot of the public knows about it. To hear about the project that you were working on, uh, it just felt like he was being taken care of in a way, right? And that we were valuing his time here on earth and what he left us with, and how his legacy has continued to grow and build even after his death. Right? It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's
1: incredible. Um, you know, he was assassinated at only thirty-nine years old, mm-hmm. but has Impacted generations yeah. upon generations, and you know, I think really deserves, uh, you know, the kind of coverage that we see with the leaders.
0: You know, um, and speaking of coverage, you mm-hmm. just put out there a little bit earlier, so I want to make sure you caught it if you haven't. That um, not only was it picked up by Fusion, but it's also available
1: on. Yes, so, um, Who Killed Malcolm X, which is actually a six-part documentary series, is going to stream on Netflix uh, February
0: 7th. <laughs> I mean, how does that feel to know that you were a part of a project that's now uh, one of the biggest streaming
1: networks like, out there? You know, of course, the little girl in me is like, ah, Netflix. <laughs> but then, at the same time, I think, um, as a, storyteller, and a filmmaker, by trade, I feel, you know, just really grateful that we're able to reach a large audience, you know, and I think this is a really important story um, that's relevant today for many different reasons. Um, You know, I think the more people can see it, the merrier. I think the more conversation it can spark, you know, the merrier, the more, um, you know, I think the more it can spark. And inspire um, people to educate themselves and um the merrier. And you know, as a filmmaker, if, you, if you're handed you know the opportunity to
0: reach the masses in some ways, you know that's that's a goal that you're reaching. So. You yeah. speak about goals because you are a person who's not just nailed down to one project. You know, you're. Time and talent span, right, of multiple projects. And so, um, you know, I just recall you talking not only about the Malcolm X project and us being so proud of you about that, but also hearing about your personal project. And um, I would really love for you to tell folks about what that's about um, and where we can follow up with you in the future. um,
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, it's funny in, in this industry, you know, th- there's so many great and compelling stories you want to tell, and sometimes it is hard to work on things at the same time, but a lot of us just try to make progress you know, as we go. And um, for me, um, while I've been, you know, extremely fortunate to work on all these high profile projects that work with extraordinary, talented teams. Um, you know, I've been hoping to have my own directorial debut at some point. Um, and the story that I have been compelled to start with um, started years ago. Um, is really my my grandmother's story. Um, you know, I know. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, kind of wish they they filmed and recorded with their elders. Um, you know, I think. I'm feeling more and more strongly that um, we, you know, there are extraordinary people, everyday people in our lives who have stories that are just as important as, you know, the the famous people out there. And um, my grandmother um, and really her generation and my family um, had extraordinary journeys that impacted the, the betterment of the future generations of my family, so um, essentially my grandmother was um, a young person in Haiti in the late 40s and 50s, which was um, a unique time in Haiti's history where um, it was right after um, um, the U.S. um, was was basically there occupying Haiti. and and before um, some of the the more troublesome dictatorships came. Yeah, we don't even hear about those two very much, but this unique moment in history, um, it was a booming tourism industry and the nickname Pearl of Antilles came back to Haiti. If you weren't on vacation, um, or if you were on vacation, you had to have stopped in Haiti. So my grandmother and her sister were the first to go to school um, with their family, even elementary school, um, they, they were able to, get jobs at a luxurious hotel in the city and um they were afforded the opportunities to come to the united states but at that time it wasn't about staying there it was about um just making a little extra money to to enhance the lives of the family but ultimately Um, she had to stay. Her, um, her, my grandfather, her sister, um, their first stop was Memphis, which was segregated at the time. So, you know, not only did they have this unique experience in Haiti, but they come here as black immigrants, uh, you know, learning the ways of life here. And when when you're not the majority, but also, like, you know, See certain way, and then comes to see them, a new country that sees it another way. Um, you know, they that that was one of many obstacles um, throughout her life that she overcame, and through um, a lot of hard work and perseverance, and a lot of unique personal stories. I, mean, I so. think you know it's important to I think document and show that that we can be our own heroes and our own stories. And we don't have to have a lot to do that yeah. Um, and yeah it's, it's one of those things that you know I think a lot of filmmakers are compelled by different stories at different times whether it's personal or not um, but this is one of those things that I, I know that I have to do um, and, and I really hope I can remind uh, the Haitian diaspora that we are so rich in, in, in and determination that it doesn't matter us being poor. Circling back to Malcolm, um, being steeped in that story for two years, you learn, you know, in order to tell a story properly, you have to get to know all the things, right? Like there were a lot of things that even in six hours you don't, you're not able to include.
0: Right.
1: Um, but one of the many things um, that I learned that stuck with me because I, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a neighborhood, I, I live in bed I'm a resident, um, is that Malcolm actually spent a decent amount of time in Westside during his um, NOI years and his rise to, to become the national minister. Um, but you when know, he passed um, Malcolm X Boulevard, was actually named before Harlem. Was named in that side, two years before, so you know, Malcolm meant a lot to the Black residents in this neighborhood, and they were the first to memorialize him. Wow! I thought that was it. Wow! that's
0: to it. I think I, I think everyone,
1: and I encourage
0: everyone to. Definitely watch this film and its completion. It's thought provoking, um, chilling in some ways, heartfelt, uh, and definitely educational. And so um, we know how important Malcolm is to American history, to world history. And so if you're looking to just inform yourself even more so, um, this is a great place to start and to continue, I would say.